Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Infuse Church, our online service for this Sunday morning. It's really great to be with you, and thank you for taking the time to uh, to join us for our online service. So thank you for that. I want to start this morning by just simply saying to you that God loves you so much. He cares so deeply for you. He is absolutely in love with you and is going to be your greatest strength. He is your greatest advocate. He's your greatest provider. And I just want to say to you this morning, focus in on God today. Let him touch your life. Focus in on his word, his spirit, and uh, just really make him the focus of all that you do today and this coming week. I uh, just want to give you a quick plug as well that our next online prayer service is coming up this Friday evening at 7.30. So just check your inbox uh, on your emails for all the details on how you can log in for that uh, prayer meeting this Friday. Also want to give a great big plug that we are celebrating Mother's Day next Sunday. We've got a great service lined up for you and I'm sure that you'll be blessed as you tune in next Sunday for Mother's Day. But right now, I'm going to pray as uh, we start to uh, move towards the, the, the message part of this morning's service. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you are in people's homes, that you are surrounding them with your goodness and your grace. I pray that as I speak this morning, that you take the word of God and that you plant it into the lives and the hearts of your people And it brings about a transformation. It brings about a difference, a change. That we see things and understand things differently because of the power of your word and the activation of the Holy Spirit within our lives. I pray that hope is restored. I pray that life comes and that we experience your goodness and your grace right throughout this message. And that we're able to take that message, that hope, that love, that grace to other people round about. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So this morning, I just want to let you know that I've been thinking. And you're probably saying, uh-oh, here he goes. Uh, there's a term in use today that's bugging me. I think it sends a wrong message about what we need to be doing in this current season. What is that term that's bugging me? Social distancing. With the spread of COVID-19 and the restrictions that have been imposed, we've been told to socially distance ourselves from each other, to have a gap of between 1.5 and 2 metres from each other. Now, I don't disagree with the gap and the necessary changes in us being so close to each other. I just disagree with the use of the word social. Don't get me wrong, okay? I know what's meant by this term, that it's to be used as a means of creating space between us. However, is the term social distancing the right term to use? Here's what I've seen. This is what I've noticed. That in socially distancing ourselves from each other, some have withdrawn and isolated themselves from the very people that we need in life. Today, social media is one of the primary ways that many connect with other people. Most people and families connect through social media. It's it's one of the greatest ways that we actually have of touching base with each other and connecting with each other. It's actually how we personally connect with our family in England. 
We feel so much a part of what's going on in their lives. We're able to celebrate the good things, the, the parties, the birthdays, the, 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 the family events, the things that they're thinking about and celebrating in England. And likewise, our family in England are able to celebrate and to join together with us because of social media. So when we use the term socially distancing ourselves, I wonder, are we sometimes subconsciously telling ourselves to disconnect, to push people away? Are we telling ourselves to start distancing our relationships, creating a lack of intimacy with others, holding each other at arm's length and cutting ourselves off from other people around about us? And you know what? That's never what God intended for us to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 24 to 26, it says this. God has put the body together. Did you catch that? God has put the body together. This is not my choice. This was not your choice. This was what God wanted to do. He goes on and says, He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so there'll be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honoured, then everyone rejoices. See, what I've known is that we've got so much to be thankful for today. We've got so much going for us. We can speak with people on the other side of the world as though they were in the very same room with us and we can enjoy a great conversation and a laugh together. We can hear them and see them. We can laugh with them and cry with them. And believe it or not, we can actually touch them too. We may not be able to touch them physically, but we can touch each other relationally, emotionally. We can touch a person's heart, touch a person's feelings, their sense of being valued. We can touch that. We can also touch their funny bone. Returning from home, uh, home from work one day, a blonde man was shocked to find his house had been broken into and ransacked. He phoned the police at once and reported the crime to them. The police dispatcher broadcast a radio call and a canine dog patrol unit was nearby and was the first one to respond. As the canine officer approached the house with his dog on a lead, the blonde man ran out onto the veranda, saw the policeman and his dog, sat down on the steps of the veranda and put his hand, his, his face into his hands. He moaned, this is typical. I come home to find all my possessions stolen. I call the police for help. And what do they do? They send me a blind policeman. Well, I hope that touched your funny bone. Touching people isn't hard. We need to ask ourselves if we're willing to value our relationships enough to want to do it, to love and to value others. So I'm asking the question, rather than using social distancing that has the potential to create a separation between us, would it be a better term to use in spatially distancing ourselves? Spatial, spelled S-P-A-T-I-A-L. This means of or relating to a space. So to spatially distance ourselves, we keep the right distance from each other, but it doesn't imply us creating a distance in our relationships or our connectedness or our intimacy together. 
I want to dig into this just a little bit more. So I'm going to read a passage of the Bible to us this morning. And it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through to 27. And I've already read a little bit of it to you this morning, but here it is in full. So it says, just as the body, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts, many parts, form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop to being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but guess what? One body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there, is, uh, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, then every part rejoices with it. Verse 27 says, now, if you are the, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It's a great piece of scripture, it really is. Paul is describing the church as the body of Christ. He uses the physical body as a picture or as an analogy for the church to explain how the church is designed to function in the purposes of God. Several times Paul makes the point that though it's made up of many parts and consists of many members, they are all one body. He says in verses 12 to 14, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts and though all its parts are many, they form simply one body. And he goes on a little bit later, he says, now the body isn't made up of one part, but many. He says later in verse 20, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. Are you starting to get the picture here that it's all about the one body? There are different members, there's different parts to this body, but there's just the one body. In the body of Christ, like our own bodies, there's many parts or members, but there's only one body and every part and member matters. Every part in the body has a role to play, a job to do, a purpose to fulfill. So I want to bring out three characteristics to the body of Christ this morning for us. Number one, we need each other. Why don't you say that to the person that's sitting next to you right now? We need each. I need you in my life. See, Paul says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. 
and the head can't say to the feet that I don't need you. It's the body of Christ, it's in the body of Christ that we need each other, not only for the health of the body as a whole, but to enable each person to operate at our full potential. It's true in the human body and it's true in the church, the body of Christ. We need each other and we belong to each other. No one can truthfully say that I'm useless and have nothing to offer. No part of the body can actually speak or act arrogantly towards the other parts of the body either. Every member of the body matters and has an important contribution to make. Even those parts that seem to be weaker or less honoured. So in order for, uh, the, to be the church of God that, that he wants us to be and to function the way that he wants us to function, we need to understand that we need each other. Maybe you've heard the story, an old story, about a visit uh, that Dwight L. Moody made to a prominent Chicago businessman. This man said to Moody, I believe I can be just as good a Christian without the church as I can be with it. Moody said nothing in response to this. Instead, he went over to the fireplace where there was a fire that was blazing to give heat against the winter cold that day. He removed a single burning coal from the fire and then placed it on the hearth beside the fire. The two men sat down in silence as this single piece of coal began to cool and the flame died out. The Chicago businessman said, I see, I'll be in church on Sunday. See, some people, they believe that they don't need the church or the body of Christ to be a part of, of, of that uh, the church in order to be a follower of Christ. They think that they can go it alone in the Christian life. Well, I want to say they're wrong, absolutely wrong. We need each other. We belong to each other in the body of Christ and we need everyone in the body of Christ. In cutting ourselves off from one another, the fire of our faith can grow cold. However, when we begin to recognise our interdependence, and we work together because we realize we need each other, we can do miraculous and amazing things. Philippians 4.13 says that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. You know what, right now, I just feel like I want to declare some things over your life this morning. I want to tell you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can talk to others, your family and friends, about this person called Jesus who's made such a difference in your life. The Bible tells me that you can heal the sick and you can raise the dead. And I declare that you're coming into a season and a time where you are going to have the needs and the, 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 the abilities, the skills of your life make an impact in the lives of others. And likewise, the skills and the abilities of others are going to make an impact in your life. I believe that your best days are right ahead of you, that you're coming into a season of great effectiveness for the kingdom of God because we recognize that we need you in our lives and that you need us in our lives as well. The second point I want to make this morning is that we are all different from one another. Not only do we need each other, but we also know, need to know that we are different from each other as well. Subconsciously, we know this and yes, Sometimes it's plainly obvious as well. We differ from one another for a really good reason. A body that's all eyes or all ears or is just a giant foot, it isn't a body. 
It's a horror movie. Each part of Christ's body is unique. It's distinctive. It's irreplaceable. And it's highly loved. There's never been a member of Christ's body just exactly like you or me. I've spoken about this in the past. But you know what? Your DNA, your fingerprints, your strengths and your weaknesses, your gifts and your abilities, your doubts and your fears, your courage and your tenacity, you are the only one that has ever been and ever will be anything like that. The same for myself, the same for the people in your home. There is no one like you. You are different from other people around about you. See, there's a role in God's body that's uniquely designed by God for each of us to do. Can we imagine how boring it would be if we were all alike? God doesn't make a one-size-fits-all. In fact, What I would contend is that a one-size-fits-all is just the story of a lazy tailor and in no way values a person's unique size or dimensions. And that's the beauty of God. God put you together. God constructed your life. He put the skills and the abilities into your life. He knows how you've been wired and the things that tick you off and the things that make you happy and laugh and the things that make you cry. We all differ from one another and have been designed by God to complement each other. In other words, we are designed to fit together, to work well together and to build off of each other as gifts, our strengths and our abilities. With each member doing its part for the health and the functioning of the whole body. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, From him, meaning Jesus, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its job, each part does its work. In other words, as you do your bit, I do my bit, as the people in the body of Christ do their bit, we actually grow and build ourselves up in love. What a powerful image that gives us. Here's a powerful example of each person doing their bit. You're about to see a video of a guy by the name of Herman Ostray. Have a look at this video. Come early, stay late. Your memories will linger on and on forever. This is Herman Ostray, and it was his idea to move a 20,000-pound barn with only manpower. Because of new road construction, Herman Ostry's barn from the 1920s kept flooding. In 1988, he asked for volunteers to help move it by hand. Thousands turned out in Bruno, Nebraska to watch. Many thought the plan would fail, but Herman was always confident. 100% that it's going to work because I was faith in our maker. <laughs> okay, everyone all together slowly and steadily live. There she goes. 344 people signed up and methodically lifted and walked the nearly 20-ton barn 115 feet to its new location. (laughs) 
what an incredible picture and image we get when we see this Hermann Ostray that he's accomplished in moving his barn, utilizing the help of just 344 people, that it's a picture of what the body of Christ can do together. Every member has a part to play. And when we all do our bit, we play our part, incredible things happen and it speaks to our communities powerfully as well. Tower of Babel is a classic example in the Word of God in Genesis chapter 11. God himself said nothing would be impossible for them because of the way that they were in such unity of purpose and spirit. You see, God's designed us to complement one another. Pastor Gary, you just said that. Yeah, but what I mean is this. God's not just designed us to fit together as his body, but he's also designed us and wants us to affirm and to encourage one another as well, to build one another up in love, valuing each other and the unique contributions that we make because of our differences. The beauty of the body of Christ is that we are all different and our gifts, our strengths, our abilities are designed to serve each other and the others outside of our group. You know the ones that I'm talking about. I spoke about them a couple of weeks ago. Those people that are called our neighbours. So in spatially distancing ourselves right now, surely there's a way that we can engage our God-given shape to support, to help and serve someone in our world. If you were to do that this week, think of something that you could do to help someone today. Why not write a comment just below about what you think that you could do to help someone and serve someone with your unique shape this week. Who comes to mind when you think about that? Who's the Holy Spirit just giving you a picture, mental image of, that you need to help and touch base with this week? So what am I saying? We're all different, church. However, being different doesn't mean that we don't need to care for each other or that we shouldn't. Number three, my third point is, that we shouldn't care for each other. We should care for each other. We need to care for each other. It says in verses 25 and 26 of our passage today, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, then every part rejoices with it. Paul says there's to be no division, no dissension, no chasm between us. However, we are to have a respect and a concern for each other. We need to care for one another. When one part of the body is hurting and in pain, the whole body feels it. <laughs> a little while ago, I stubbed my toe and I looked down at it and it was bent at a really odd angle. Trust me, my whole body hurt because of my toe like that. And suddenly, my head wanted to switch the lights out for me, you know, like, and just, that's why I felt so nauseous and felt like I was going to faint. See, that's what happens when one part of the body hurts. It hurts the whole body. When one part is honoured or has a reason to celebrate, the whole body shares that joy. In Romans chapter 12, verse 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. The way that we care for each other is by uh, knowing each other, doing life together with people, 
We share our joys and our sorrows, our hopes and our disappointments. We share our hurts and our heartaches. We share our victories and we share our struggles. We come alongside of each other to love and serve and support each other. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Love empowers us and to, to fulfill the law of Christ as we carry each other's troubles, as we carry each other's burdens. See, part of our role as believers is to care for each other because God's love is in us. That's why our, our connect groups are so important at Infused Church. They are places where we can love and care for each other. The greatest witness to this world of the love of Christ is when we let the love of Christ be seen through us as we love and care for other people. In this season, and it is just a season, let's do the right thing and keep our spatial distances, but not our social distances. Let's make sure that we care for each other and we don't disconnect, that we don't isolate ourselves or give people a stiff arm and hold them at arm's length. Let's not socially distance, let's spatially distance. I'm not asking us to break the law. I believe that we need to have a physical distance around about us, but not at the expense of our relationships, not at the expense of being connected with people around about us, because we need each other. God created us differently and we need to really show that we care about the people around about us. Let's still reach out. Let's still talk and laugh together. Let's pray with each other, help and support each other and value our marvellous diversity as people. And that brings me to my last point. Has us socially distancing ourselves been like a virus in itself and that it's now spread to include us spiritually distancing ourselves from the Lord. But that's another message. How about we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people this morning. I thank you that you've created us in an incredible way, that we need each other. You've created us differently with different skills and abilities. And I pray right now that there's revelation of skills and abilities, of the way that you've created these people that are listening to this message this morning, the way that you've put them together, their passions, their desires, the things that get their motor running, the things that cause their liver to quiver. I thank you, Lord God, that they start to have a revelation of how you've shaped them and formed them. Father, I thank you that you're able to do that because of our differences. But Lord, help us to really care for the people around about us as well. Help us not to disconnect or to isolate ourselves, but to be connected, to work on our relationships together, to value the skills and the abilities and the shape that you've created in other people. Father, I ask you to do this in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Maybe you're watching this message this morning and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're far from, you once knew him, but sadly your relationship has has deteriorated and you're not sure about Jesus anymore. But I want to tell you something, that Jesus is sure about you. God loves you with everything. He moved heaven and earth to have a relationship with you. He came to the earth to have a relationship with you. And I encourage you that if you believe in your heart that Jesus came to this earth, he walked the earth, 
that he was killed and crucified for our sin, that he was buried and then on the third day that he rose again. The Bible says if we believe that in our heart and receive that in our hearts, then we confess it with our mouth that we shall be saved. I want to pray a prayer. And if you'll have the courage to pray this prayer along with me, I believe that if you believe it in your heart, that you shall be born again. How about you just pray this with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what, I believe that if you've prayed that, meaning it from your heart, that you become born again. We've got some great materials we'd like to give to you and to present to you to help you in your new life with Christ. And if you've prayed that for the very first time, uh, I would encourage you to write something in the comments below and we'll make sure that we can get in touch with you uh, and uh, get those materials into your hands. Just really encourage you to do that this morning. Well, thanks for joining us online today. It's been great to be with you. I pray that you got something out of this message. How about writing something in the comments below? What, what impacted you most about this message this morning? I'd encourage you to check out our online uh, Infuse Kids and Infuse Youth programs. Uh, if uh, you don't know how to access that material, again, just put a means of us contacting you, maybe your email address in the comments below, and we'll make sure that we get a link to you so that you can access that material. Hey, church, I've really spoken about us being connected today. Stay that way. Just keep connecting with people. Reach out to people. Phone them. Text them. Uh, get in touch with them in any way that you can. Really let them know that uh, they, they, uh, they matter to you, that you value them and you care about them. Uh, I just encourage you also that uh, uh, in, this, in this time, that as you go out this week, you've been lit up to light up. And now shine your greatest for Jesus. And I believe that you're going to see change happen in you and through you as you do that. Have a great week. God bless and we'll see you very, very soon. Oh.